0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Excited to continue in a series of messages that we began last week, 23, a song of life and so excited about what God's gonna uncover in His Word today, and grateful that you're alongside of us as we study His Word. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the 23rd Psalm. I wanna say this, it's good to have our worship pastor, Zach, back this week. He was, um, two weeks, he was over in the Ukraine with his wife, and that's where she's from, and Gabby, and they got to see where she lived, and see all the life over there in the great Ukraine. And uh, and what's unique is this past week, I was, uh, Uh, reading a book in preparation for the study and studying the word. I love doing that. And uh, we got a text message from Zach and Ivanka from the Ukraine. Now listen, I have been studying the the 23rd Psalm, right? This beautiful picture of a shepherd and his sheep. Let's take a look at this picture Zach sent me on the phone. (sighs) Guess what he's eating? Sheep. Hey, listen, while we're studying, celebrating the shepherd and sheep, man, they had they had a good old time gnawing on some sheep back there. Hey Zach, how was it? Best the The year. <laughs> okay, anyway. And, and so uh Hey, y'all do me a favor, keep him away from them sheep out there. I just have this thought line in my head that I'll walk out there and watch him gnawing on one of their legs out there. But no, it is so good uh, to have them back in the States and to be able to to worship together as a family. So in your Bibles, in Psalm chapter 23, last week we kind of saw King David's songwriting career take off and here's what we did. We looked at really his greatest hit the 23rd Psalm, in my opinion. And we are reminded that although the the Psalm 23 is used oftentimes at gravesides in times of death, that in reality and in practicality, this is a song of life, the 23rd Psalm. I think of David who was very acquainted with both good times and bad. He knew great triumph and even greater tragedy in his life. He, He knew what it was to have countless gains and he also suffered some crippling losses. He knew what it was, hear me church, to walk with the Lord, but he also knew the heartache that came when he walked away from the Lord. And as we look at this song that he wrote, last Sunday we uncovered this truth in verse one, you ready? This, This very fundamental truth of the entire 23rd Psalm, you ready, Jesus is all I need. Hey church, can I remind you of something this morning? Jesus, is all you and I need. I think of that very thought line. I think today we come again, as we sing the song of David, we come again to this realization that not only is Jesus all I need, but even when I don't always know what I need, Jesus provides. Hear me, even when I don't know all the things that I need in this life, I can't name it, I can't draw a flow chart of it, Jesus gives generously anyway. And we're gonna see that unpacked in today's scripture. So in the 23rd Psalm, beginning in Psalm 23 verse one, the Bible says this, a Psalm of David, you ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I wanna stop there for a moment. I was preaching this at the Cove a couple of months ago and I had a lady come up and say, hey, would you like me to tell you a true story about the 23rd Psalm? I said, absolutely. She said, I was at my church and there was a dad in our church and he was helping his daughter to memorize the 23rd Psalm. You see, it was her job to get up in front of the whole church in a few Sundays and to recite the 23rd Psalm from memory. He said, so this dad worked with his daughter, this cute little girl and and they practiced it day in and day out, morning and night until she memorized the 23rd Psalm. And so she had it down packed, and then came the Sunday that she was gonna share with the entire church, the 23rd Psalm. So she gets up there in her pretty little dress and she begins to recite the Psalm and she says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then she stopped. Oh, she started again and the Lord is my shepherd. And the look on her face became clear of what was going on. Well, she started a third time and she said, the Lord is, is my shepherd. And it was very clear to everyone there, she had forgotten the rest of the psalm. And she was panicked and she was concerned. And so she looked down at her daddy and said, daddy, I forgot the rest. And he yelled out to her daughter, it's okay, sweetheart. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Hey, church family, know this this morning that in Christ, the Lord is our shepherd. And that very truth and reality can carry us through the darkest of nights, through the hardest of times, the most difficult of days. I love this, our shepherd is who he is and is who we know. In John chapter 10, starting in verse 14, Jesus would say this, I am the good shepherd. Now listen to his words, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I'm gonna tell you something, that's pretty incredible. The very intimate relationships that's painted between a shepherd and his sheep is unveiled here in the 23rd Psalm. This past week, I read an incredible book, a look at Psalms 23 from the viewpoint of a modern day shepherd. His name? Philip Keller. He was raised in East Africa, not far from the Middle East, the very ground zero of where the 23rd Psalm took place and was written. Now he still practices shepherding his sheep in the very some of the very same ways that were practiced generations ago, the way that shepherds would, would look after their sheep in the 23rd Psalm, the way David would look after his sheep. This modern-day shepherd looked after his own sheep. And what I've done is I've taken some of his story and I've interwoven it into today's message to help bring to life what we find here in the 23rd Psalm. Well, he tells his story. How's a young boy, he worked out with his sheep day in and day out. But as he got old enough, but still at a young age, he decided he was gonna work to buy his very own flock of sheep. So he went out and he purchased 30 sheep And they were his. He talked about the blood, sweat, and tears it took to earn just the money to be able to buy his own sheep. And here's what he began to tell. is that although he had just met them, the minute he purchased them, he loved them. The minute they were his sheep, he felt ownership of them. And he wanted nothing more than to care for and to meet their every need. And he goes on, he tells about one day where another shepherd came to him and said, hey, listen, you know, you got your your 30 sheep now, you know what you have to do. And he knew very well what was fixing to happen. You see, for a shepherd, it was important for him to leave his mark on his sheep. And what pained this modern day shepherd's heart and would bring pain to the sheep, he knew very well that he would not be the shepherd he should be if he didn't leave his mark. So here's how he would leave his mark on each of his sheep. He would take them and he would take one of their ears and he would place it against a chopping block. He would take a knife with sharp edges and each of the ears he would begin to cut out a notch out of their ear with a distinct shape and size and he would then leave his mark on the sheep. And that way, when he went out to shepherd and he went out to the pasture and there were many sheep out in the field, he could easily distinguish which sheep was his and which wasn't. You see, he left his mark. Uh, Listen to what he wrote in his book. He said, there was pain for both of us. But from our mutual suffering, an indelible lifelong mark of ownership was made. Listen to me, church. That could never be erased. And from then on, every sheep that came into his possession would bear my mark, he said. You see, a good shepherd marks his sheep. I'm reminded in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, as Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he says this, and you were also included in Christ when you'd heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. Watch this, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? It's the reminder that you and I have been marked by Jesus Christ. I thank God that he marked me and that he saved me in Jesus. And listen, I didn't even have to go to the chopping block. Jesus went to the chopping block called the cross. He took my pain so that I could forever bear the mark of the good shepherd. But you know, The good shepherd's not the only shepherd vying and contending for your attention. He's not the only shepherd out there who's vying and contending to take the lead in your life and the lead in my life. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10. And by the way, we marry a lot of Psalm 23 and John chapter 10 together. But listen to what Jesus says. In verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to still and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, that they may have life to the full. And what we're beginning to see is that there's other shepherds out there who are vying for and contending for the lead in your life and the lead in my life. So who are they? Well, I begin to even look inside. I begin to look inside of my life and I begin to see that there is a a sin nature at work, a nature that is bent against God and away from God and a nature that is bent towards sin and self. And I know this about my sin nature day in and day out. It is vying for, it is contending for the lead of my life. The Bible also highlights that there's a culture that is around us, whose heartbeat is to indoctrinate us from the very things of God. And trust me, day in and day out, our culture is vying for and contending for the lead in our lives. And then Jesus exposes it here in John chapter 10, that there is a thief, the enemy himself, who wants nothing more than to steal and to kill and to destroy, to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage, to kill, steal, and destroy your children, to kill, steal, and destroy your life. And guess what? Every day he is vying for and he is contending for the lead in your life and my life. And the question I have today is who is it that's taking the lead in your life? Better yet, who is it that you are allowing to take the lead in your life? As we are going to see here in the 23rd Psalm, we are gonna find just exactly where the Good Shepherd leads us. Here's the deal. If we but let him take the lead, where will he lead us? Take your Bibles in verse two. Let's read this together, you ready? It says this in verse two, that he makes me lie down in green pastures that he leads me beside still waters, that he restores my soul, that he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Isn't it incredible the places the Good Shepherd leads us? So for a moment this morning, can we walk through green pastures together? I mean, as you study the sheep, and as you got to see some on your way in today, hopefully, here's what you're gonna learn about these sheep above all the other livestock. They are the most nervous and anxious and they're fearful of everything that you, they come across. They are just in their nature, very fearful. And here's the deal, when something gets them nervous, when something makes them anxious or fearful, sheep will not lie down. They will not come to a place where they will rest. And you know what I begin to think, church? Maybe, just maybe, this is where you and I are most like the sheep of Psalm 23. I don't know if you sense it, but we live in a time that even those who are in Christ are more nervous, are more anxious, and more fearful than ever before it seems. So much so that you know what, spiritually, there's not a lot of times that we just lay down with our shepherd and we just rest in him. Who has time for that? Our life's too busy just to lay down with the shepherd and to hang with him. And we find this picture in the 23rd Psalm. And what I begin to do is I begin to think of who wrote it. I begin to think of David and whether it was fleeing from Saul's murderous, jealous pursuit or falling into sin or fabricating false pretenses for murder or the numerous leadership failures that David was a part of. I wonder that as David begins to write out this song, and the very words, if he remembers the times that in the midst of it all, he was able to lie down and to rest even when his world was unraveling because of the love of his shepherd. I wonder, and I wonder how many of us today need just stop where we are and lie down and rest with the shepherd today. I think of these green pastures, and I wanna, I wanna draw a couple of conclusions here for you that I want us to be careful to make. Now, and when we picture and think of green pastures, this is the wilderness in Israel, right? This is where the majority of the shepherding took place. In fact, our team can throw this on the big screen as well. But this is where the majority of the shepherding took place. Now look closely, you'll see right here in these green pastures, there's old sheep trails. Now, it's believed that many of these trace back to the days of Abraham and Isaac, that these have been used for generations. But when you and I talk about green pastures, that's what comes to mind, doesn't it? Grass upon grass, endless grass in which we could graze. But do you know what's amazing about this picture? This picture was taken in the rainy season in Israel. That's where it's, it's December, January, and February, and it's where they receive the majority of the 20 inches of rain. That they accumulate through the year. Let me show you what this really looks like out of rainy season. Look, from the hilltops to the hill bottoms to the cliffs themselves, it is just brown. There is no green to be seen. But hear me, church, you ready? This is also green pastures. Now this doesn't make sense in our mind. This is not what we picture in our mind, but you know what? The rainy season is such a small season. This is what a shepherd has to work with the rest of the year. And yet these two are also called green pastures, but how is it so? Well, you see what happens is that wind blows off that Mediterranean ocean, right? The humidity outside of rainy season, it kicks up big time. And what happens is, is moisture will begin to condensate around all of these rocks. The moisture will fall into the soil. And what's amazing is, is that green pastures are found around the edges of rocks where that water has fallen in small sprigs of grass have grown up. You know what a shepherd will do in the season like this? He will walk with his sheep some five square miles a day so that they could find just enough to fill their stomachs, to keep going and to keep growing as sheep. And so we have two very different pictures of green pastures. You say, well, Anthony, why draw the distinction? Why make the difference? Because here's the deal. Here's the beauty of our Good Shepherd, you ready? Not only does he know us how to lie us down in green pastures in seasons like these, but he also knows how to lie us down in green pastures in seasons that look like this. And I don't know about you, but my life does not always look like this. Not every season of my life is filled with plenty and overabundance and looks as green as it does here. In fact, a lot of my life has spent here. And I need a shepherd that not only knows how to lay me down here, but a shepherd who also knows how to lead me and lay me down in green pastures here. And I'm gonna tell you, that's the joy of the good shepherd that you and I follow. You know what? I may not have a whole lot in this season, but I've got him. And in the presence of my shepherd and with just enough that I need in life. I can even lay down in green pastures here. And that is the beauty of the green pastures. No matter the season of your life, whether good and plentiful, living in abundance, or the season of your life that is dry and rocky and brown, He can handle all the seasons of your life. And He can lead us there. A sheep will lie down if he has a shepherd and if he has everything he needs, no matter the season. And the Bible goes on and it says this, not only does he us down in green green pastures, but he leads us beside still waters. This is an actual stream in Israel during the rainy season. And what's amazing is sheep, when they're thirsty, will drink from whatever water source they have. Will drink from whatever water source they find. But here's the problem. If it's not flowing waters that come with a small stream, then it's stagnant ponds. And in those stagnant ponds of water, parasites and disease can run rampant. And a sheep being thirsty, drinking from wherever he or she can, will drink from those stagnant ponds, will get sick and will die. But you know what a good shepherd does? Doesn't let his sheep settle for stagnant ponds. In fact, he knows where the stream of water is and he leads his sheep beside still waters, not raging waters that cause them all the more anxiety and fear, but still waters where they can drink and where they can be refreshed. That is what a good shepherd does. But you know what? I think of the sheep in Psalm 23. And you know what? Sometimes we're a lot like them. Let me ask you a question. What are you drinking from? Where's the source of water coming from in your life? Is it the stagnant ponds of the world? Or is it besides still waters? You know, I begin to think one leads to death and disease, and the other leads to life and life to the full as scripture teaches us. But here's, here's an important point that I wanted to, to point out. You ready? I, I wanna challenge you in this today, you ready? Let him lead you beside still waters. Let the good shepherd lead you this morning beside still waters. Here's an incredible thought. Our good shepherd doesn't just lead us beside still waters. He gives to us freely by his grace, the living water in which we shall never thirst again as John chapter seven promises us. I guess this morning my question is, where are you drinking from? Man, I know what it is to drink from those stagnant ponds of life. I know the hurt and the pain that comes, but I tell you what, there's nothing like letting him lead me beside still waters, getting a taste of Jesus that satisfies every thirst in my heart and in my life. One of my favorite drinks on the planet is Gatorade. I mean, I just love this stuff. I feel like an athlete every time I drink it. It's like after you eat a whole bag of Doritos, you can still drink this like I'm an athlete. And so love Gatorade, but you know what their tagline is? If you were to Google it right now, you'd see this Gatorade, The Thirst Quencher. That is their motto. That is their company, List. it's everything. The Thirst Quencher, man, it does. Man, hot and tired, after I get done preaching, I'm gonna go back to the office, I'm gonna kick back one of these, right? It's the thirst quencher. But I tell you what, just one look at the good shepherd, the living waters that are found in Jesus. The fact that I shall never thirst again in him. And I'm gonna tell you that the good shepherd really and truly is the thirst quencher for your life and my life, as he leads us beside still waters. And a good shepherd not only knows how to make you lie down in green pastures, but he also knows how to lead you beside still waters. And here's the result of both places, you ready? That he restores our soul. That he restores our soul. You know, I think of David, as he's writing out this 23rd song and he's, he's in the midst of this songwriting phase of his life. And I begin to think about another Psalm he wrote. L- listen to this in Psalm 42, because here's, here's what I know about David's soul, you ready? David's soul has been worn out. David's soul has been tired. He's known defeat in his soul and his life. And remember, the soul is that which is part of us that lives on forever, it's who we really are. It's what lives on forever in us. And you know what I know about a group like this today? Haven't you known seasons in your life where you've just been wore out? Where your soul has been tired? Or even at times, you just feel completely defeated. You know what, I'm glad that David writes this song, and not some guy who always lived in the green pastures had a stream always flowing through his yard and everything was just perfect for his life. I'm glad that the same David who wrote the 23rd Psalm wrote Psalm 42, verse 11, where he cries out to the Lord, why my soul are you so downcast? Why my soul are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And he reminds his soul, put your hope in God. Man, have you ever been there where your soul is so cast down that the only hope you have is Jesus? And I've been there. You ever heard of cast sheep? It's a real thing. Have you ever heard of a cast sheep? I have not. I read this book this past week from this modern day shepherd and he began to talk, Keller did about, what a cast sheep is. And it's actually a real thing. You see, what would happen is sheep would be out in the field grazing and some sheep whose legs were a little bit shorter than the others, they were a little bit heavier than the others because of all the grazing. What would happen is these sheep would tip over on their back and they were stuck. It was like the ancient version of help, I've fallen and I can't get up, right? That's just the perfect picture, a cast sheep. And honestly, For a shepherd, this was a pretty terrifying sight. Now for me, if I walked outside and I saw one of them sheep on his back kicking his legs, I would enjoy that, right? I would take a picture, post it, and make a smart comment. But but for a shepherd coming upon a sheep that is a cast sheep, it means this, that a sheep has fallen on its back, its feet are up in the air, and it is frantically trying to get back up, to stand back up again. But here's the problem for many of them, they can't. And here's the truth of it. If a shepherd doesn't get to that cast sheep in time, that sheep will die in a short amount of time being on its back and so panicked. It'll die that way. You see, you know what a shepherd does, a good shepherd? He watches and he knows the sheep that that are tend to be cast sheep and he watches for them. And the minute they become on their back, the minute they become stuck where they are, that shepherd will watch for them. He will then go to them and watch what he does. He gets them off their back and he restores them back to a position of standing again. He takes them from death to life because he lovingly cares them. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores. My soul, I wonder how many times in life you and I have found ourselves cast down. You and I find ourselves lying on our backs in defeat and despair, and it is at such times that our good shepherd promises us that he will pick us up, and he will restore us. It's what a good shepherd does. And oh man, did David need a good shepherd in his life? Oh, did David need a restoration in his life? He was in the throes of sin and suffering with the affair of Bathsheba, the murdering of her husband and the death of his child. When he writes out this prayer in Psalm 51, 12, where he cries out to the Lord, restore to me, David cried, the joy of your salvation and grant a willing spirit inside of me. I'm gonna tell you a great takeaway for many of us today is to look over our lives and to find ourselves nowhere near green pastures. We Might find ourselves drinking from stagnant ponds of the world. We might find ourselves listening and allowing to lead in our lives, maybe the thief or the enemy, maybe our own sin nature, our own culture. And we get to a place where we find ourselves on our backs, defenseless and dying, and maybe, just maybe, the takeaway today is for many of us to pray the prayer of Psalm fifty-one, twelve. God, would you put us back on our feet again? Would you restore me this morning to the joy of, it? listen, some of y'all, you're missing the joy of this salvation and it's a hard place to be. You know why? Because I've been there and I have prayed this prayer countless times. And you know what's amazing about the Good Shepherd? He always answers prayer. He always does. You might say, well, Anthony, could God really restore me? Man, I'm on my back. I've not known these green pastures for a long time. I've not walked with them beside still waters. Can God really restore me knowing where I've been, knowing what I've done? Knowing the position I've placed myself in this life, can God really even restore me there? I'm reminded of a little boy who was flying out to see his grandparents. And his parents took him to the airport, made sure he got on the plane, and he sat there in his seat with his backpack, and he was flying out to grandparents' house. Well, an old preacher sat next to him, saw the boy and watched this little boy open up his backpack and he took out a Bible and began to read it. I don't know about you, but I read my Bible really well um, as planes take off. And, uh, and so he's doing that kind of motion too. And, and uh, as he starts to read, the old pastor thinks, you know, I'm gonna have fun with him." He says, young man, I'll give you a piece of candy. If you can tell me something God can do. And that little boy thought for a moment and he stopped and he said, sir, If you can tell me something God can't do, I'll give you a whole barrel of candy. And I thought of that. And I thought of our good shepherd. And I thought, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've known, no matter the season you find yourself in, no matter how far you think you are from green pastures, no matter how far you are from him leading you beside still waters, no matter where you are, this good shepherd can and will find you. And guess what? Even if you are flat on your back spiritually, He can restore you. He can restore you. The Lord is my shepherd, shall not want, makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And here's where we close. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name sake you know a palestinian shepherd one commentator noted does not drive the flock before him but goes before the flock and leads them and i want you to hear me our good shepherd leads us and he's able to do so i'm reminded that the shepherds, especially in the times of David and the times of Psalm 23, and even this modern day shepherd, Philip Keller, that we've heard so much from today. I'm reminded this, that they are experts in tracking and following tracks. And they would have to be, because oftentimes as they would lead their sheep on the cliff sides or throughout various ravines in Israel, there were many paths that were were carved out of the, the landscape. There were paths that were carved out by predators in hopes that sheep and shepherds would go right to where they were hiding and they could take advantage. There were paths carved out by thieves hoping to take advantage of a shepherd and his sheep in a time of vulnerability. There were also paths that were cut out into the hillsides that led absolutely nowhere. But here's the deal. For the sheep, all the paths look the same. But to a good shepherd, He knew just the right path to take his sheep where they would be safe, they would be in his presence and where they could lie down in green pastures and beside still waters. And you know what? Our good shepherd knows just the right path for you and I, and watch how this is conditioned. He leads me in past the righteousness, why? For his name's sake. It's a wonderful reminder, church, that God is at work for his glory first, and when it's for his glory, it is for our good. For his name's sake. I think of a sheep as it is marked by the shepherd, but a sheep doesn't just bear the mark of the shepherd, he bears the very name of the shepherd. And the past that you and I find For his sake, the paths of righteousness that we long for are not not carved out by the blazing of our own trails. They are carved out by the shepherd through his word. And we today are simply left with a choice. To let him lead the good shepherd and for us to follow or for you and I to follow our own lead or the lead of someone else. Here's the tragic reality this morning. There are many of us in the room who even right now are following someone else's lead for our life. Now, maybe it's the lead of our sin nature, the lead of our culture, the lead of the enemy. We may try to put God's name on it, but it's apparent that God has nothing to do with the trails that we are blazing, with the paths we are following, because those trails, those paths look nothing like what the word of God teaches. I love this quote that's floating around Facebook nowadays and social media, but it's true. God will never bless what his word forbids. So no matter how much we try to put God's name on it, just we know we're not on the right path. These paths of righteousness. You ready church? Here's a sobering reality. Simply put, there are no green pastures only dry wastelands outside of Jesus's lead. There are no still waters, only raging seas without Jesus leading your life. There is no restoration of the soul, only a further desperation of the soul. When you and I find ourselves on paths that have anything but the lead of Jesus, the path of righteousness he's called us to. You know, I think maybe this question emerges from us this morning. Think, how do I follow his lead? And the truth is is, I want green pastors, no matter what they look, like I, I want him with his lead in my life. Man, I need his lead beside still waters. I need his lead to restore my soul. I need his lead on passive righteousness for his name. Say, how do I get there? Jot down this passage of scripture, ready? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, it's a light. On my path. You want to know what it is to lie in green pastures, to be led beside still waters, to follow his lead as he restores your soul, to walk the path of righteousness for his name's sake? You ready? Trust in his word, not your word. Trust his heart, not your heart. Trust his truth, not your truth. Trust his plan, not your plan. Trust his way, not your way. Trust his say so, even over your own. Say so. Because his word, his path will never lead you into sin, but will always lead you into the loving arms of himself, the good shepherd. Are you ready to follow his lead this morning? Are you done with life that is empty? Are you ready for the green pastures, no matter the season? Are you ready to follow the lead of the shepherd? Are, are you ready to follow his lead besides still waters? Are you ready to stop drinking from the stagnant pools of, of this world that lead to nothing but disappointment and hurt and pain? Hey, are, are you ready to win your line fight on your back? Are you ready to tr- stop going to various other avenues? For restoration, are you ready to trust your good shepherd to pick you back up and restore your soul? Here's a question. Are you ready to stop taking paths that lead to nowhere? And are you ready to start following the paths that Jesus blazes for your life and mine? I'll be honest with you, church. I've spent many days on paths that lead nowhere. I've spent many days that lead... (laughs) Traveling paths that have left to nothing but hurt and pain and sin and destruction of my life. There is nothing like lying down with him in green pastures. There is nothing like drinking from those still waters. There is nothing like him picking me up and restoring me. There is nothing like walking the path of righteousness and following his lead my life. Are you ready to follow his lead? You know, I see Miss Fana over here and her precious daughter. And um, just a few days ago, I got to go over and pray with your mama who was in the last and your grandmother who was in the last few hours of her life. She was in her eighties. And I know there's been a struggle for, with memory for many years. And, and I walked into the room. I had, had yet to get there. I was a whole lot closer than she was. I was here and it was just right down the road. So I drove over to her mom's room and just uh, went in there with Pastor Justin and just wanted to pray over her. She wasn't conscious a whole lot in the last few hours. And so I just wanted to go pray over her. And I'll never forget, I walked in and I said, hey, Miss Ada Ruth, I'm, I'm Pastor Anthony. Now she doesn't know me, but I'm Pastor Anthony. I just wanna know if I could pray with you. And man, her eyes just shot open. And she looked directly at me. And I thought, oh man, this is wonderful. I get, so I spent just a minute talking with her about Jesus, encouragement about Jesus, who she would soon see. And I remember I said, "Miss Adareth, can I just pray for you? And so I kind of put my my hand on her head and on her back and I just began to, to pray with her. And I watched the whole time as she watched me. And so I just prayed with my eyes open with her. And I just, in that prayer, prayed for God to give her strength, to be reminded that he's all she ever needs, that he's all that she has in him, not only in this life, and I mean, I prayed the whole scripture to her. And I watched as this precious saint, tears started to stream down her eyes. And I remember thinking, the memory struggles have been hard for the past few years. But in that moment, I have no doubt that she remembered her good shepherd. In that moment, I have no doubt that that the very green pastors that she's lied next to him with for so many years, she knew were coming in a way she had never experienced. That she had drank from the, the living water and that death for her was nothing more than a change of address from this life to the next. And when just a couple of days ago, she closed her eyes in death, that she was with a very good shepherd, that her whole life, she's been following his lead. And why do you post this, something on social media, something to the tomb of what matters the most at the end of life is Jesus and that your name is written in his book. That your name is in his book. Whose lead are you following this morning? Has there ever been a time where you took that first step of faith and trusted in the good shepherd? Let's pray together, can we? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.